0: Welcome to The Source from ATA, conversations about telehealth and virtual care from the thought leaders, experts, and visionaries who are working to change the way the world thinks about health care. My name is Joe Kavidar, the president-elect of ATA, and I'm honored to serve as the program chair for the ATA Annual Conference. This is a critical time in our history, And there's no better time than now to prepare for the future of healthcare that will most certainly include telehealth. And there's no better organization than ATA to convene our industry, hospital systems, healthcare professionals, telehealth solutions providers, payers, investors, government officials and other stakeholders, and move adoption forward. With that backdrop. I am really excited to have a colleague and friend today on the podcast, Jennifer Goldsack. Thanks so much, Jennifer, for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Jen Goldsack is the Executive Director of the Digital Medicine Society, we fondly refer to as DIME. Previously, she spent several years at the Clinical Trials Transformation Initiative, where she led development and implementation of several projects, within CTTI's mobile program, and was the operational co-lead on the first randomized clinical trial using the FDA's Sentinel system. Jen spent five years working in research at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, first in outcomes research in the Department of Surgery, and later in the Department of Medicine. More recently, she developed and launched the Value Institute a pragmatic research and innovation center embedded in a large academic medical center in Delaware. Jen earned her master's degree in chemistry from the University of Oxford, England, her master's in history and sociology of medicine from the University of Pennsylvania, and her MBA from the George Washington University. Additionally, she is a certified lean Six Sigma Greenbelt, a certified professional in healthcare quality. Most notably, to me anyway, because I'm always in awe of this, Jen is a retired athlete, formerly a Pan American Games champion, Olympian, and World Championship silver medalist. So pleased to have you with us today, Jen, and I'm going to launch right in with a question about your keynote speech at the upcoming ATA annual conference. This year, we've had to move to a virtual platform, although If anyone can do it, we should be able to, and we're excited to explore that medium. You kick off our research track, which will highlight the latest research and scientific presentations in the digital, virtual, and telehealth space, as well as oral and poster presentations. Could you give us a preview of what you're going to talk about?
1: Sure, of course, and Joe, I agree with you, there isn't anyone better than the ATA positioned, I think, to deliver a really terrific event um, virtually. It's, uh, it's certainly in your wheelhouse, and I'm, I'm honored to be giving the keynote for the research track. Um, so uh, the title of my, my talk is actually uh, unofficial, if you like, uh, tagline here at the Digital Medicine Society. So clinical quality evidence on a tech timeline. Um, And I think ATA and Dime shares a lot of common goals around bringing the highest quality care to the patients that we collectively serve and feel passionately that a variety of different technical tools can help us do that. What we also realize is that uh, perhaps the the research timelines that we've grown to be accustomed to on the clinical side uh, simply don't work anymore when we uh, partner at every step uh, with our technical colleagues who have quite different expectations. Um, and the charge we have to ourselves, um, as I said, is pursuing the highest quality evidence, but on a timeline that jives with the pace of technology, but also our patients' needs. Um, I think that you know, we could even take that perhaps further and say that the era of COVID um, has made it uh, an absolute priority that we use evidence-based approaches to deploying these technologies for the betterment of patient care. Um, and I'll be spending my time and uh, and kicking off that track talking about how we can do high quality research on that tech timeline.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to tune in because that's been something I've grappled with for years. It's uh uh, I'll, I'll do one very quick anecdote. We, we uh, back uh, about 10 years ago, worked with a forward-thinking pharmaceutical company. We were very excited because they wanted to do a digital wraparound for a new medicine they were releasing. Um, and it was their first time doing it and ours. So mm-hmm. it, it took longer than usual anyway. But because of the regulatory environment there, and then the uh, challenges with recruiting for a large randomized controlled trial. By the time we got the evidence, which, by the way, was supportive of the intervention, but by the time we got that evidence, the uh, executives who were champions had left the company and they'd gotten out of the business of that medication. So that's a pretty good example of why we need to do this better.
1: Absolutely. Um, That's a terrific example. Um, Unfortunately, um, you have one at your fingertips. And I think um, if our collective work um, and the discussions we have uh, at the upcoming uh, ATA 2020 can help of us avoid those cases in the future, all uh, for the better.
0: Yes, no, no I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to to continue to brainstorm with you on that because there is the other the other one. I'll share is that this is probably more than ten years ago. We gathered. I was asked. I didn't do the gathering to attend. Uh, I think it was a Robert Wood Johnson workshop on um, clinical trials and and in digital and and how to change the evidence. And we we talked for two days about things like N of one and step. Designs, all, all these things that you know well, mm. and at the end of that, most depressingly for me, the hardcore researchers in the room just came back to it and said, "You know, really, this is all nice, but we can't do it except with randomized control trials." So two days went down the tubes, and we got nowhere. It's it's a really hard problem to solve.
1: It is, and I think the question is how do we how do we build confidence in these alternate approaches? You know, I there's some work that those of us who are a little bit more uh, sort of tech forward need to do to understand the reticence of our colleagues, perhaps, um, to to champion um, and to embrace these different approaches. And, you know, as much as we can uh, sort of push our ideas and our solution, really understanding the problems that we're trying to solve for in terms of reticence um, is going to be how we get there most quickly. And looking at the program um, for the for the research track um, coming up, I think I think a lot of the discussions will help us make some progress there. At least, at least I'm hopeful and, and look forward to participating in them.
0: Yeah, very exciting. So I, I want to turn now and 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 ask you to tell us a little bit about Dime, which uh, it's just it seems like more than that, but it's just over a year old, I guess. Um, I'm pleased, very pleased, to mention here that ATA and Dime have settled into a very uh, closely working partnership that I th- I think is going very well. Uh, the ATA focusing on organizations, Dime on individuals your focus uh, on, uh, on evidence base, which is, is quite uh, hand-in-glove to the kinds of things that we work on. But I'd love to have you tell us more about DIME, how it got going, uh, maybe some lessons learned in the founding, and then just a, a sentence or two about the partnership with ATA.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, Joe, I've got to, uh, to be very honest here. And I wonder if uh, some of your listeners will enjoy this. Um, when we first started kicking the tires and the idea of the Digital Medicine Society or DIME in fall of 2018, you're exactly right, we've just celebrated our one year official anniversary, and we started talking about it about six months in advance. Um, among my co-founders, I was the, the person who thought that this was an absolutely terrible idea. Um, I thought the last thing the world needs um, is another professional society, for heaven's sakes. Um, surely someone is already doing this and let's just go and help them. Um, and I'm quite stubborn. And I went out and I tried to research that. And Joe, it became quite apparent that the, the sort of organization that we envisaged simply didn't exist yet. Um, we wanted to organize uh, specifically around... Um, high quality hardware and software technologies uh, that are used to measure and intervene all in the service of advancing health. Um, Digital is not the the end goal, it's a tool to help us achieve um, improved health. a more equitable health and healthcare, more affordable, more accessible um, health and healthcare. Um, And I'll I'll get back to our relationship with ATA in a second, but I think that is a a shared set of values that we have um, and something that makes this partnership so strong. Um, But going back to the Digital Medicine Society, you know, what we recognized is to appropriately advance the use of these digital medicine tools and in the service of those goals, We really identified what I I strongly believe is the most interdisciplinary field um, that I've yet to encounter. At the table, we need citizen scientists, we need clinicians, we need bioethicists, we need regulators and researchers, patients, we need every flavor of engineer and data scientist. Um, And I don't think it works. I don't think we achieve the promise of a sort of era of digital health. Um, while making sure we ameliorate the risks without having everyone at the table. Um, And so our goal is to bring all of those different individuals together um, and going back to the top of our conversation, Joe, to really develop clinical quality evidence on a tech timeline to safely and equitably advance the use of these tools. Um, And then when I think about the fantastic partnership that we forged with ATA, ADA has a strong and deep experience in the use of communications technologies Putting together um, brilliant clinicians and the patients who need them, overcoming challenges with access and delivering high quality care. We think we can enhance that further with the use of remote monitoring technologies and, in some cases, even digital therapeutics. And so, I think coming together, um, ATA bringing that sort of deep expertise, that policy sophistication, um, powerful organizations who are really sort of uh, patient and clinician focused, really keen to get this right, and coupling it with. With the sort of um, those remote monitoring capabilities, all the time thinking about the end goal, which is improved health, improved healthcare. Um, the the work we've done thus far in just the last sort of couple months of our partnership has been um, inspiring and I think impactful already. So you know, Diamond ATA together, I, I think are certainly um, a powerful force as we we sort of think about the potential for these technologies um, in improving care.
0: Right. I, I agree with all of that. The, the, um, the complementarity is, is really what struck me when, when you and I first started talking is, is, gosh, that even though we're both kind of in the same space, we've, we've, we've managed to um, to have some very complementary goals and um, aspirations. So it's it's been an enormous amount of fun. And I know Anne feels that it has as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, what it really comes back to is a deep seated belief in the promise of the technologies, whether they're communication technologies, or whether they're sort of sensor based technologies, whether it's, um, you know, algorithms, but recognizing that it's all in the pursuit of um, health and, um, and healthcare and high quality health research. And we don't see it at the expense of clinicians, we actually think this can improve things for clinicians. Um, and, you know that that helps us have a common a common outlook and a strong partnership i think
0: so speaking of uh, our healthcare system i've i've heard you say that you feel passionate that it could be better uh, i would have to agree with that but i'd love to get your take on how digital medicine specifically can make our healthcare delivery system better
1: so i think the first thing that's most important to, to lead with, I think sometimes I allow my, my passion for the potential of these tools to, to lead, and I think perhaps the most important thing to say is we need to be realistic. I don't for a second think that, that digital technologies are a silver bullet that are going to solve all of our problems, and I certainly don't think they are going to replace the critically important sort of um, clinical caregivers and brilliant researchers that we're going to rely upon but, you know, I have these sort of utopian goals for technology and you imagine something like the, the, the Dartmouth Atlas of Health. And I can imagine a future where that is um, much more monochromatic. Right. That we can use these digital tools to ameliorate things like the maldistribution of clinical specialists and the patients who need their care. Or sadly, given um, the shortage of sort of primary care providers, even the access of some patients to 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 uh, sort of more routine care um, that we can use remote monitoring technologies to speed um drug discovery timelines, that we can use it to make better and more informed and more holistic um, sort of observations about patients' experience of their lives with and without a disease that can improve their care, that can improve um, sort of the therapies and the interventions we use. Um, And that there's also huge potential for health promotion using these tools with better and more complete information, not only in the hands of the clinicians, um, but in the hands of every patient, how can they Use that information um, to to seek out the best care for themselves. Um, I think that when we when we look at costs, um, and I think healthcare costs are becoming unsustainable for both society and the individual. When we look at disparities in health and disparities in access to care, you know this is not an acceptable situation. And you know we can use digital technologies. I think, to really try and solve those pressing and pervasive problems, the one word of caution I would say is I I, I believe strongly in the promise of these technologies to help with Health equity, to help with healthcare costs, to help with healthcare quality, to drive improved health outcomes. But I think we also need to be cognizant of the new risks that come with the use of these technologies, whether it's bias in algorithms or whether it's risks related to inadequate data rights. Um, One of the the many things we, we think about at the Digital Medicine Society is realizing all of the promise while minimizing these new risks and truly helping colleagues like our our clinical colleagues understand risks in things like algorithms. That's not something currently that's in the med school curriculum. So how can we make that information available? Um, And when I think about our work at DIME, there's a lot of research, but we also do a lot of work in education and communication um, to try and make sure that these tools are, are used for their full benefit while offsetting that potential risk.
0: Of course, I, I have to ask about the uh, the elephant in the room and, and talk about COVID. In the last several months, COVID uh, nineteen has become a game changer for healthcare. We we say that, but it, it really is is true. It's not a a trite phrase, and particularly for technology enabled care. So, I'd like to ask how you see research efforts changing post pandemic, uh, and what will the impact uh, on digital medicine be.
1: This is a really hard question, Joe, and I'm glad you brought it up. At this point, I don't know. I think that we have had watershed moments before, and I think it's very much up to our two communities to determine whether the benefits that we've been able to recognize over the last few months as we have relied heavily on technologies to get us through this terrible crisis, whether it's um, sort of remote monitoring technologies and telehealth to triage patients during the pandemic, whether it's providing uh, care for patients um, with sort of more chronic conditions while keeping them safe and at home, um, or whether it's moving research to uh, more decentralized and and, and home-based settings in order to keep clinicians and patients safe. Are we going to default back to normal or are we going to hold some of what I perceive to be gains? Um, I think we need to be eyes wide open about uh, learnings and things we need to do better. But really, I think we have a pretty hefty responsibility to identify everything that's been good for patients, Um, whether it's Uh, having more convenient access, whether it's having access at all, um, whether it's, you know, being able to uh, attend an appointment or participate in research without having to take a whole day off and go into the clinic, so on and so forth, Um, really quantifying to some extent what what those benefits are and what best practices are to ensure we continue to achieve them. And also understanding what perhaps may not have worked so well. And we need to focus our attention there on um, ensuring that we quickly put that right and use these technologies, um, on a more permanent basis. One, to sort of future-proof us against any other kind of epidemic or pandemic that I hope we never face again. But, you know, we've seen that, um, you know, we, we perhaps weren't as prepared as we would like to have thought, but also to provide, um, exactly the kind of care that, that patients are asking for. Um, and also strong signals that physicians have enjoyed providing um, over the last few months. As I said, I, 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 wish, I, I, I wish I had a crystal ball, um, but mm-hmm. I don't. And, and I think we need to take our responsibility for keeping everything that's been positive and everything we've learned um, and taking that into the future.
0: Yeah. No. Well stated, and and no, nobody expects you to have a crystal ball. I, I think it it is complicated, but uh, but you you boil it down to some very nice and thoughtful principles. And I want to thank you for being with us today. It's been great uh, to talk to you today and interview you. But also, really, thank you for your openness to collaborating with ATA. I do believe that the two organizations are stronger together, and um, it's been a lot of fun to see it blossom. Uh, so thanks very much for for being on.
1: Of course, Joe, it was my pleasure. And um, I'm incredibly proud of the partnership. It's been a pleasure personally to work with you and Anne. Um, and as our two communities uh, do more and more collaboration um, with each passing week, it's it's a pleasure to see um new relationships and, and idea sharing happening and I'm excited for what we can do for the field together.
0: Jen Goldsack will be a keynote speaker at the ATA 2020 Annual Conference, this year taking place virtually June 22 through the 26th. Her keynote presentation will kick off our research track, which includes the latest research and scientific presentations and oral and poster presentations. The research track will offer CMA credits through the University of Virginia School of Medicine, and I encourage all of you to block the time on your calendar. We have a jam-packed agenda with over 200 speakers, 75-plus sessions, an interactive exhibit experience, networking opportunities, and a research track, which we just spoke about, offering CME. For more information and to register, go to gotelehealth.org. Thanks for listening to The Source from the ATA. We want to hear from you. What topics should we cover? Who would you like to hear from? To share your comments and suggestions, and for more information about the ATA, telehealth, and virtual care, please visit our website, americantelemed.org, and our American Telemed accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter. Finally, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast on your favorite platforms. It really makes a difference. Copyright 2020, ATA. All rights reserved.